Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, my friends. Today we are talking with Jen from Kitchener Waterloo. She is a woman who wears many hats. She's a mom, a wife, a realtor. She's the host of the Believe in Her podcast. And Jen and I kind of dive deep a little bit in this episode into talking about how we as women can manifest our very best life and what we need to do to get there. So listen up, get a pen, take some notes. These are important things. Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you. You are coming at us from Kitchener-Waterloo. Am I right there? That's correct. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. This is so great. Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and all the things? Tell, tell the people all about yourself. Tell me. About you. Oh my God. We're well, off to a great start here, Lisa. <laughs> tell you all the things. So I sell real estate in Kitchener-Waterloo. So I've been selling real estate for about 12 years. So probably around 10 years, I was like finding a lot of success. I sort of had a lot of different elements of my business. It's like the beginning where you're like hustling and going crazy. And then as you continue to do very well, I had a lot of moments where I was like, am I really hitting my full capacity in all different elements? Like, yes, I was always very successful in the, in my business world, but it was really important that as I was like, that bucket was like overflowing. I really wanted to be mindful of making sure I was filling up the other buckets. So my spiritual bucket, my give back bucket. Um, so probably a few years ago, I really started to come into this stage of like, okay, I've built this successful real estate business. Um, I have a beautiful family. So my husband and I have two little boys and I just felt like there was this component of me that wanted to be even further rooted in service and giving back. So I made some decisions to sort of really start to put more back into my community. So I launched a podcast called Believe in Her, which shines a light on women in this community because I found that we often will shine a light on women that are doing amazing things that are celebrities. And yet in my own community, there's so many amazing women that are doing such cool things. So it helped me to sort of feel like I was supporting and empowering women, which is just a really important part of my business. And in real estate, it can often be very male driven. And it was important to me that I was shining a light on women in other uh, professions to make sure that we were all getting the um, support and um, the light we deserve, really. I love that. And, yeah. and I, I love that so much that you just yeah. took my next question because I was going, <laughs> I was going to ask you because I found you through the believe in her podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is a very cool thing, right? Come yes. the full circle situation. Yes, and so um, I was going to ask you about the inspiration behind starting that and, and the message that you were trying to share. And I think that in hearing the answer that you knew before, the, the answer came before the question. So yeah. uh, it, it, there's a lot of connection there between what we do at Wine, Women and Wellbeing and what you're doing there. And it is the support local, the empower, shine a light and, and celebrate women in general. 
And so since I, I kind of now know the answer to the question on why you did it, um, what was the biggest takeaway for you? I, I'll ask you that instead, or what was, what was, is, was there any unexpected gifts that you found in that, in doing that podcast in connecting with all of those women? I would always leave those podcasts feeling as if they gave me a gift. So I always left feeling like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I just got to experience that. Like it was really important to me too, that I was lifting women, but particularly lifting, lifting marginalized women. So one of my speakers, uh, Salam Deebs, who's a huge advocate locally for um, preventing racism and also you know, keeping, paying attention, understanding the oppressive uh, systems that exist. Um, She's done some incredible things. She ran a huge rally for Black Lives Matter. She had over 35,000 people show up. When I sat with this woman in this room with her and she was so well-spoken and kind and communicative, I just thought like, this is incredible for me to even have an opportunity to sit with a woman like this. So it's, I'm somebody that's always eternally learning and trying to do better. And so sitting down with some amazing women, I mean, another one of my um, interviewees was Robin Todd, and she's been top 10 female entrepreneurs in Canada for years running. She's amazing. She is funny. She's in a male driven industry and absolutely kills it. And it was just like, those open conversations. So here's this woman that like does amazing things. And yet this was her first podcast, which I found so interesting. Like these women are amazing. And I think because of the busyness of life and, um, you know, lack of resources to sort of highlight these women, it was, it was amazing to be able to set the stage for them and just share their voice. It can feel like such a gift to have different women and have, have a space where different women come into your life that might not otherwise. And I, I feel very privileged to be in a similar situation where, where you just get to meet so many amazing people and it does, it fills your cup. I I totally fills your cup. It's, Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's such a blessing. So Jen, being a realtor is, is a very busy, hard to build your hours kind of job. So can you take us, take us through a day in the life of Jen? What does that look like? Okay. Um, so yeah, it is busy. So I have two little kids. So I usually start my day with my four-year-old climbing into my bed. He loves to wake us up around 530, <laughs> uh, six. Um, and so that kind of like family time is really important for me in the morning. So I'll bring my kids Uh, My youngest son's in preschool. My older son is in school. So it's just been a really interesting year to sort of navigate and assess time schedules and those type of things. And so being home for the homeschooling portion, um, because in Ontario, the kids are home, it's been um, interesting to sort of switch my schedule. So typically I would be like dropping off the kids and I would be out and working. And now that they're home, I do more evenings and weekends. So I'm blessed to have like a full-time marketing manager and a full-time assistant who are also moms who are rock stars. So they kind of like manage a lot of the uh, things that I don't like to manage. So I learned really on in my business that it's really important to capitalize and focus on your skill set. So Leah is my assistant, but she's also my friend and she is brilliant. And so she is the person that's 
behind the scenes, responding to emails, managing paperwork, managing um, all of those type of things. So during the week, she's behind the computer, you know, nine to five so that I can be running. So that would be showing houses, uh, listing appointments, connecting with people, negotiating offers, managing marketing, all of that kind of stuff. So it's probably five years, it would have been different. But now at this point that my business has gotten to the point it's been to, I really focus on capitalizing on my strengths, which is doesn't have anything to do with the administrative portion at all. So um, it, it's a good balance. So if I'm out showing houses during the day, I made a rule a couple of years ago that it's really important that I'm home for dinner because real estate hours kind of run into the night and throughout dinner time. So we eat dinner at five o'clock and probably five out of seven times a week, I will be there. It's really important that all of us sit down at five o'clock and eat dinner. So my husband and my sons, we eat dinner and then I'll pop back out and show more houses and negotiate offers and offer presentations or whatever else I need to do. So it's, it's busy. It's a busy life, but I learned, I would say my job just keeps getting better and better as I continue to set better boundaries for myself and also allocate duties that I don't love. That's so important because we can't do it all. We're, we're one woman, but it's a village. It takes a village, glue, holding it all together behind the scenes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So as a realtor, you work with a lot of clients. There's a big focus on building a network, of course. And at Wine Women and Wellbeing, we're all about building a network of capable and kind women with the basis being connection, just connecting each other. And I'm curious, what elements do you think translate well from having built your business network and how women listening might be able to use those business connections you've made? Like, how can you translate that into building personal networks and connections? I think so often we feel like these departments in our life need to be separate. And I've learned through the years that as long as you are very clear and concise and can set good boundaries, it's really neat when everything is very open. So for example, in my industry, like all my friends and family and friends and friends and families all refer to me. So they all will use me. And so of course it's stressful, but I'm very, very clear about communicating boundaries with people. So I think if you meet a woman that you're like, oh my God, I love her. But even though she's your real estate agent or she's your nail technician, or she's the person you speak to at the bank, like, I think always being open to say, hey, I'd love to sit down and have coffee with you. I'd love to set up a Zoom meeting. I'd love to like have a conversation with you. I, you know, I've made friends through the, maybe the most random places but it's never random because I'm always just open to whoever the universe is going to kind of knock on my door. And I, you know, I've had clients that they would say I'm friends and I would say they're friends of mine and I love them because I've come into connection with them and we connect and then it's, and and it's always incredible that way. So I would say if you're someone that's just trying to connect, be open. And also it's really important. I'm a big believer in like be at the vibration that you want to be at. And then the people that are at that vibration will be drawn to you. So being open and being like, you know what, I am just open for really incredible, confident women to come into my life. And I am surrounded by really awesome, confident, kind women. So I would say, yeah, like, I think being open to it, right? Like, I think we, 
and having good boundaries. Whereas if there's someone that you're like, "Mm, that didn't feel good to me, instead of being like, I'll just like try again. Like every time I go out with this friend, I never have a good time. And I always leave feeling crappy. Well, then that's not the person for you. And it's not to say that you have anything against them or they're not your friend, but setting boundaries for your energy is so, so important. So if you feel like a friend, it's, it's hard to do, but I think, I think energetically you can do a lot of things that you wouldn't even really realize that you, that you can do. So it's, it's not necessarily saying, Hey, I don't want to hang out with you, but almost just energetically being like, you know what? I just need to like disengage from that and be open to something else better coming along and something else better will come along because you are better to spend time with no one than spend time with the wrong people. In my opinion. Okay. I feel like we are energetic on energetically (laughs) synced here because the the podcast people cannot, if you're listening, you can't see me nodding my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I agree with all of those things. And the reason that I kind of reached out. I was like, I got to talk to this girl because (laughs) I was listening to the believe in her podcast because that is my, like, that is my jam empower support. Um, just help lift up women. And as I was listening to one of your episodes, I came across an episode that was called how I manifested my dream life. Now, for those of you who know about Wine, Women, and Wellbeing, you know that we have the Manifest Tour coming across Canada. We have a freaking tour called the Manifest Tour. So I was like, well, obviously, I'm going to listen to this one. (laughs) Obviously, I believe in the power of manifestation. Let's talk all things. Like, when did this start for you, the manifesting thing? Why why do you have such a, a... strong feeling about it. So I've, I've experienced a lot of trauma. And so I'm certainly um, not a victim. I, I don't feel like in a victim, but I've had a hard, I've had a hard life, I would say, I mean, not the hardest, don't get me wrong. I absolutely have a lot of privilege. Um, however, I experienced some pretty big hardships at a young age. So when I was 19, um, a gentleman that I was very like, we had dated, we had broken up, we had been very connected, like deep soul connection, I'm very spiritual, but we couldn't make things work in the spiritual world. And I couldn't understand. So I had this dream that and it was like, very hard for me, but I had this dream that I was at his funeral. And I was so upset. And I called him in the middle of the night. And he was just like, Okay, well, I don't really know what that means. So about a week later, Jamal, who his name's Jamal, who's in perfect health, um, was playing soccer, came home with his cousins and ended up having a stroke. So he, they found left or they found, um, there was so much uh, blood in the left side of his brain that they said, if they weren't able to get it out in 24 hours, he would die. So they airlifted into Hamilton from Kitchener Waterloo. They got it all out. And so began us trying to navigate what our future looked like. And about four months later, he kept having headaches and he ended up being diagnosed with brain cancer. And they gave him six months to live. And it was just devastating. Like his family, like is the most wonderful, generous human beings. They would give you anything that they had to share it off their backs. I was very close to the sisters. And so we went through this process of sort of losing somebody very slowly, which was really hard because with brain cancer, you know, obviously there's the physical issues, but then there's also this like slow 
um, slow loss of the person that you once knew. So he passed away. He fought like nobody has ever fought. And um, he passed away when we were 21. And I promised that I would take care of his life here. And he promised that he would take care of things on the other side, which I believe he does. So I believe he sends me messages. He sends me hearts. He um, takes care of me. Like he literally communicates to me daily. So I believe, I believe like with everything that I am, um, that he sends me signs and I follow them. So Valentine's Day, which was our anniversary. So Jamal passed away in January, Valentine's Day. So February, I'm working at this point. I was, uh, I have a double honor major. I went to a local university in communications and global studies. And so I was like, I was like finishing up school. I was just busy. I was like absolutely depressed, devastated. And so I thought, and I worked at a sports bar while I was in school. So I was just a constant like 90 hour a week type person. And so I was working this night and I was working with this bouncer named Ryan, who we had played in baseball tournaments and had just kind of been friends for a long time. So while I'm working, I'm like devastated. I'm so bummed. And I noticed that Ryan, who's quite shy, just is a little bit off. And I can always sense people's energy. And I was like, are you okay? Like, you just seem a little bit off. And he didn't really know anything about my life at this point and what had happened. And he said, well, interesting you say that he's like my girlfriend broke up with me and I'd hoped to get this policing position that I didn't get and he said but you know what I called my mom and my mom said to me you know what Ryan you've been through worse and he said when I was seven years old I lost my dad to cancer and he goes and I just feel like once you've experienced cancer nothing else matters and it was like Someone took a gold sign and pointed it over his head, like ding, 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 like pick me, pick me, pick me. And I was like, and I was cleaning glasses while we were talking and the glass cracked in my hand and pointed in a perfect arrow pointing up. And I was like, he was like, oh, an arrow. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I just was like full body tingles. And I was like, I'd like to take you out for a drink. And I did. I took him out for a drink and we've been together since it's been 13 years. Wow. And it was just as if the universe provided me with this completely different view of life. And so I believe that my spirit guides on the other side, Jamal and all of the people I love ones that I've passed are constantly communicating to me and just passing me signs. So Ryan lived in this beautiful place. So this, so that began the language and then manifesting kind of became a really natural piece of that because here I like basically manifested like thinking I was going to be alone forever. And within a month, I believe he had said like, this is the guy for you, Jen. And he is the guy for me. He's like the kindest, most loving, beautiful human and, and completely loves his family They come to our house every holiday, every week. There are kids, grandparents, his parents. And so here's Ryan who loses his dad and Jamal's dad who loses his only son and their best buddies. And they go fishing and we just have this like beautiful dynamic. And we hold space for even when we don't, even though our loved ones, I believe are still with us, even though they may not be here when we're celebrating Christmas and holidays, we just hold space for them. And so my huge manifestation that came out of this. So that started the journey. 
And so the childhood home that Ryan grew up in is in this really prestigious location. It's like this little private lake outside of Kitchener Waterloo and we're not near water. And so he had always said to me, like his mom had sold this house and he's like, I wish she never sold it. I wish she never sold it. And we always just used to talk like, yeah, we'll end up at the lake. We'll end up at the lake. We're going to live at the lake. We're going to live at the lake. There's 30 houses on this lake. And it's like so sought after. And we would just continue to be like, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we'll live in the lake. And when we had our first son, I went out and we told our friends, like we just told everybody, like this was just common knowledge that we were just going to live here. And people, so they kind of would know where it was, would drive by it. And so even though I'm in real estate, I watched this area, Lisa, for six years, like watched it. Nothing came up, nothing came up, nothing came up. So I have my son, he's six weeks. I go for wine with my best friend. And because I, so I took some time off work. Obviously I just had my son, we go for wine and she goes, oh, I saw, pretty sure I saw a house up at the lake. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we took Sophie for a drive. So she falls asleep in the car. And um, yeah, we, we saw, I'm pretty sure we saw a house up. So I get her to explain it. And that meanwhile, I'm texting my husband. I'm like, Ryan, go online, find out what it is. She, he goes, it's my old house. And I was like, stop. No. I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like, okay. At that point, it was definitely felt out of our budget, but it was significantly under what I expected. So I had always said it'd be over a million dollars. And it was less than that because it needed a lot of work. And I was like, well, we're going to may as well look at it. Like I'm a realtor. We'll grab Starbucks. We'll bring our son and we'll just check it out. I want to check out where you grew up. And we go, we show up at this house and I'm standing in the kitchen. We set Wes in his um, car seat on top of the seat and we're drinking our Starbucks. And I just start crying. Like I was just like, I, I am home. Like I just arrived home. This house, his childhood home, which I'd never seen was like right out of my Pinterest board. Like it has like huge cathedral ceilings, exposed beams. Like it needed a lot of cosmetic work, but it had the bones of everything bones I wanted. Were there. Fronts onto the water, backs onto the bush. And there is abs- every one of my neighbors are very successful business owners. Everybody is older. We are the only people there that are anywhere near our age. And we bought that house. We competed, we put together a letter and they went with us and it all worked out. And I was like, you cannot tell me that manifesting does not make sense. Cause there is no reason that at 28 years old, my husband and I bought his childhood home and moved in. But I believe his dad was like, we have your back. This is what's going to happen for you. And we live there. That's so it, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like goosebumps. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, like, what's the first step in manifesting if people, if people don't feel like they have a spiritual connection or they just, they aren't tuned in with that, that piece of themselves or the, the putting things out into the universe, if people aren't well-practiced at that, what would, where do they start? So I think one of the most important things you could do is sort of start to get really mindful of the limiting beliefs that you have. So whether that's like you just take a journal and you're like, listen, start to write down the things that you say. And I know like, I know it's hard, but I think if you were to play the tape of what a lot of women are repeating in their minds, it's like they're creating so many limits just based on what this like cycle is in their head. And 
like as a like huge overthinker, huge like yeah, yeah, like I'm with you on that one, yeah, right? Like and 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 also it's like it takes a long time. Like I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of work, but it's like I'm just at the point where I'm like, you know what? If you are literally spending time thinking about the calories and the iced coffee you just got, you are missing taking thinking about you're not enjoying the iced coffee take over the world and you're not enjoying your iced coffee you're also just not allowing the time and the space to focus on like things that really matter and I think as moms and entrepreneurs we're so busy taking care of everybody that it's just not naturally in us to say I deserve more and so in a really like I learned as a kid I have a I have a bigger family I'm the oldest Like if you are not going to ask for it, you are not going to get it. And I watch it in business all the time. And my friends are always like, here we go. Like they know if they bring up a job opportunity or a promotion or potentially like I'm right in there. Like, this is what we're saying. This is how we're asking for a raise. You should be negotiating your raise regularly. You should be like, I'm constantly. And they're always like, we know, Jen, we know. But if you are not asking for what you want, you will not get it. I think there's this story that women have been told for a really long time that it's like, if you're just really nice, people will give you things. And the answer is, even when you're really nice, people don't know what to give you because you have not asked them. So for me, like, I just started to ask. And in my real estate business, like, I consistently ask. And we're told, well, don't be salesy. I wouldn't say I'm salesy. I would say I ask for business that I want, and I'm great at it. So the more, the better. And I'm open to whatever people want to give me. And, but I also have good boundaries. So if I know someone's not a good fit for me, they're not a good fit for me and that's okay. But I think as women manifesting also comes from number one, knowing what you want and two, being open to ask for it. So it may not be mindset, a very extreme story. Not everyone's like, I want my dream house, but maybe it's, I want to manifest a really great friend. So maybe it's about looking at the characteristics that you're looking in, like a good girlfriend. Then maybe it's also looking at the blind spots in your life. Like the biggest thing I think we miss as women is we don't want to, we don't want to look at our own faults. Like, like in the spiritual world, we call it shadow work, going into your shadows, pulling out your own blocks and unblocking them. So you're open. You, the deeper you go, the higher you rise. You have to unpack the turmoil unpack your chaos, unpack your trauma, unpack your old stories, unpack even one, think of one thing. So one time when I was younger, my mom said this to me, have I internalized that story? Yep. Okay. Did her mom probably tell her mom that? Yep. Okay. How do I reframe it and change it so that I never tell my kids that? And also I stop telling myself that because the hardest block for manifesting is the fact that we're telling ourselves stories that aren't true about ourselves. So we say to ourselves, well, you know, I don't know, like, and also like money is a big thing. We're all very uncomfortable about money. So we have these money stories and we block them because we're like, well, everyone might not like me if I have more money, have a good relationship with money and money will come to you. I think like not looking at money as this like big, scary thing and instead start, start embracing it and feeling comfortable about it is another piece in manifesting. Because people think like, um, if I have to, if I get a lot of money or have a lot of money, I'm taking away from other people, but that's not the case. No, you're not taking from anyone. 
and you're providing. Like if I didn't have the financial means to be able to invest into brilliant tech people to create a podcast, like I'm giving back because I can. If I chose to just be like that real estate agent that never asked and was constantly hustling for the next 30 years, I would never be able to give back. So it's about like figuring out how you can give back by first filling up your own cup. I think it was Alanis Morissette. I was listening to her. She's got something on Audible. And she was talking about how money is energy. And if money is coming to you, you get to choose what to do with that. So if you can use that, like you said, you can use that to hire and uplift the person who's running the podcast company to help you make the podcast so you can put it out into the world or whatever that looks like in your world, you can you can choose if you're open to receiving it, you can choose to do with it as you wish and to build good energy from the money that you have. So it's all kind of on framing that because she talked about having money from very young, obviously Alanis Morissette, hello. Um, And so she talked about it being this energy piece. And I thought that's a very cool way. Yeah, she's nailed it. That's exactly it. Probably when I started, I started therapy maybe 10 years ago and and I would say therapy and she was also, also a spiritual mentor. And she said, if you're feeling really broke, like if you're feeling really stressed, because I was newer in the business and I was scared. She said, first thing you're going to do is you're going to pull out your checkbook and you start writing checks to organizations that matter. And I was like, no, (laughs) I don't have money. I don't have money. I'm stressed about money. She goes, I know that's why you've got to start giving it away. What a perspective shift that must have been. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. And I am huge into that. Like I am huge. They say that there's the spiritual belief that the tighter you hold money in your hand, sure, it won't flow out, but it also won't flow in. So if you let control go of your money, and I don't mean just like go crazy, but I mean like allowing it to be open, it's it's incredible how money can flow to you. Mm-hmm. I think we and all like need Abraham, it. Yeah, Abraham Hicks is big into this and Esther Hicks and like the concept of abundance and law of attraction is is brilliant and it's true. It's very true. I think we all need a gen in our lives <laughs> um, because like what you were saying about um, like what you would say to your girlfriends, Oh, here we go. They would just know what you were going to say. Oh, yeah, they know. Sometimes people don't have that. And no. if I, I want to say that if you're listening and you don't have those kind of cheerleaders that level you up to think, Oh, I didn't even realize that was an option. Like you need someone in your life who puts an idea into your head and says, you know what, actually this is possible so that you start planting those seeds. And if you don't like turn to, turn to the podcast, turn to the personal development books, like surround yourself with that. Absolutely. Like instead of spending a Friday night with the same friend you've spent with for 20 years, that constantly is like everything's every, like if she's Eeyore, you can love her and still set boundaries but start filling yourself with positive content and start growing yourself and start getting therapy and taking courses. Like we have never had so much accessible stuff. Like you can watch YouTube videos, look at Byron Katie. She's amazing. She makes you unpack your stories, like makes you look at the story you're telling yourself is not real. And it's, I think it's really important to be able to do those things because my parents absolutely are not from this mindset. Like this is all absolutely my shift in mindset. But then at the same time, when you shift in mindset and you do this work, then you're opening up to the possibility of like, oh, this could be totally, our life could be different if we would just look at things in this way. 
And it's I a think, very cool place to be. Yeah. Right? And I think it's like assessing your fear, right? Like we're all scared. We all like our routine. So we all have jobs that we may not like. and We want to stick in them because we got to stick at them. But growth is uncomfortable. And the more, com- the more comfortable you are with growth, the more you can grow. I love that. Yeah. Okay, Jen, I'm going to hop into the wine, women, and well-being questions. Kind of rapid fire situation. Hit me. So if you could share a bottle of wine with one woman, living or dead, who do you want to sit down and have some wine with? Tough, right? Tough one. Doesn't have to be wine. It could be coffee. Yeah, yeah. I would say... Funny, I always have like a few. So I'm like, who do I pick? Oprah. It would be Oprah. Everyone loves Oprah. Oprah's a popular Oprah. answer. Oprah's awesome. And I'm like, is there anyone I love as much as Oprah? Uh, I don't think so. I think it would be Oprah. I love her. Me too. <laughs> what is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Meditation. Um, good sleep. That's one thing. Sleep is huge. And as a young mama used to really shove that off last. And now I've like moved it up to the front of the line. So, you know, I was used to always being a night hawk. And now it's like, I make sure I get eight hours of sleep. Favorite book recommendation. I I recently just read Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And I really liked it. So that one I really liked, but I would say the one that sits on my um, bedside table uh, that I, is like a go-to constant is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Okay. Put it on the list. Okay. It's so good. What does sisterhood mean to you? It's funny because I've gone through a lot of um, hardships with my own sisters. So it's always been, it's been good because a sister that you challenge in the relationship is better because it allows you to face challenges with other people. So they've been, my sisters have been a huge blessing. And so what sistership means to me is relationships and women around you that um, don't allow you to ignore the crap you're trying to serve out. Like the people that you know, the people that call you on it, as much as it's kind of like, we don't want it, I'm telling you better them than the ones that are like, you're fine, you didn't say anything wrong, versus the one that's like, that was rude, or whatever yeah. it is, Yeah, right? or like, don't wear that, or I don't recommend that in your business. The people that will shoot you straight, straight shooters, which are sisters, is really important because you can help people around you in a loving way, and it allows you to grow if you if you're not constantly scared of the criticism and it's hard, trust me, there's times where I'm like, Oh, Oh, that one was hefty. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have a great girlfriend that just hits me with all the hard truth. She's 10 years older than me. So she's like, I've seen this. She's further along in her parenting journey. So she hits me with them, but helps. Like she makes me a better mom. She makes me a better business owner, a better friend, a better wife. So I'll take it. I'll take a gut punch to be better. That's right. (laughs) So that's what sisterhood means to me. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? 
I would give my 16 year old self embrace a bit more fun. I have worked very hard and constantly worked hard. I would say I probably could have given myself a few more years of fun. So I would say have a little bit more fun, but I think I make up for it now. There you go. Sometimes it yeah. just takes a while it's to fine. learn those yeah, lessons, now I do right? It now. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, this has been so fun, Jen. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.